The best and brightest physicians choose to work at Boston Medical Center. And now it's time to hear what they're saying. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. You are the most important member of your healthcare team. However, a team approach to ongoing diabetes management includes individualized care by an endocrinologist and nutritional counseling with registered dietitians. My guests today are Dr. Devin Steenkamp. He's an endocrinologist at Boston Medical Center and Liz Briard. She's a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator at Boston Medical Center. Welcome to the show. So Dr. Steenkamp, I'd like to start with you. What are who is at risk? For type 2 diabetes, what are some things that might predispose somebody to this condition? Sure. So one of the major factors is your underlying genetics. Um, And an ally to that is our Western lifestyle, sedentary behavior, and some of our eating habits. Our food is very calorically dense, um, and uh, we eat a lot of it. Um, and uh, it's very easy to come by food these days. Um, And then we tend to be more and more and more sedentary. So obesity is very common in folks who have type 2 diabetes, as well as other features that are associated with obesity, such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, abnormalities in um, the fat compartment in your body. Um, So um, there's multiple factors that play a role in the development and the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. There's not one specific thing. How would somebody know? You've mentioned these risk factors. Are there some symptoms to prediabetes? Was the, would there be something in their annual physical blood test that they would know that you could say, you know what, you are starting to head in this direction? Yeah, so um, as far as symptoms are concerned, it's, uh, it's, it's usually a silent condition, and often the diagnosis is made um, many years after you've actually developed the disease. And one of the real challenges with diabetes is that you may not recognize some of the symptoms and you may feel tired, you may feel lethargic, you may have craving for sugary beverages and more sweet cravings than usual, you may be losing some weight, uh, you may not put this all down to, to diabetes, um, but when you go and see your doctor and you have an annual physical, um, they could do some lab work, one of them may be an A1C test, which is a test that can be used to diagnose diabetes, it measures the amount of sugar in your blood um, over a period of time, over a couple of months. Um, also, just routine lab work um, may show that blood sugars um, are a little bit elevated. That is putting you at risk of developing diabetes, even though you may not quite have it at this stage, um, but that you may develop it over time. So, Liz, when someone is diagnosed with prediabetes or full-on diabetes, what is the first thing as a registered dietitian you tell them about managing this every day, day to day, and the lifestyle, things that you really want them to know about dietary needs for diabetes? Sure. So when someone's first diagnosed, especially with pre-diabetes, we're kind of looking at their diet as a whole um, to start off with to kind of see what their dietary habits are to start with. Um, A lot of times we can get good glycemic control just by changing their diet to eat a healthy diet um, and promote weight loss, not necessarily um, a specific diet just for the fact that they have diabetes, but a general healthy diet at the beginning works pretty well. If we can get them to lose some weight, we can see um, big improvements in their glycemic control. So Liz, how do you and Dr. Steenkamp work together? And, And for the patient, how is this team approach so beneficial for the patient as they're going through treatment? Sure. So, um, Dr. Steenkamp is talking with them about their management, their treatment in terms of their medication, um, 
their lab work and that type of thing. I'm working with them in terms of their lifestyle and how that can improve their glycemic control. So a person, sometimes they don't want to necessarily go to medication right away. So that would be someone that I'm going to work with um, a lot that way. That's their goal is to not get to the medication, so I'm going to be working with them on lifestyle changes. Um, so me and Dr. Steenkamp do coordinate care. Um, we will discuss our patients and kind of discuss what their treatment goals are in terms of medication versus lifestyle changes. And Dr. Steenkamp, when you are working with somebody, how do you monitor what they're doing dietarily with what they do with medicational intervention, and how does that work together as well? Yeah, I think they're just seamlessly integrated. Um, I don't think that you can add medications um, into the therapeutic um, realm for diabetes without having a really solid base of both exercise and dietary adjustments. And I think that that's the foundation of any good diabetes care is that the lifestyle changes have to be in place and the dietary changes have to be in place and having a good sense as to what patients are struggling with um, as far as their, their behavior is really the most important thing that we're trying to do. Behavior change is the most important part of things. The medication is additive and often often necessary and beneficial, um, but you're never going to be able to have success um, no matter how many medications um, you recommend if the lifestyle um, part is neglected or if there, there is an emphasis being placed on that um, throughout the team. So then where does exercise fit into this picture, Dr. Steenkamp? So I think it's a fundamental part of um, of diabetes management in that it doesn't only improve general sense of vitality, it doesn't overall just improve muscle strength, um, it has an effect on lowering glucose, particularly after meals. If you're exercising, you may notice that your sugar is lower after that meal, particularly if you're exercising within a couple of hours of that bigger meal. Um, I think there's... Um, there's multiple benefits um, you know, in terms of blood pressure reduction, um, cholesterol improvements, improvement in sleep, improvement in concentration, uh, just the general overall improvement in well-being. There's also added benefit um, with weight loss and cardiovascular fitness, um, which is a big, uh, an important part of diabetes as a cardiovascular risk equivalent. And people with type 2 diabetes are at increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Um, and so exercise is well known to, to mitigate some of that risk. So again, there's multiple factors that play a role. And Liz, people hear carbohydrates bad, proteins good. Explain some of the best diet tips that you have for people that are managing their diabetes. Sure. So a lot of times people, when they first think about diabetes, they're thinking about they need to avoid all carbohydrates, or sometimes people just come in thinking they need to avoid all sugar, not even understanding that carbohydrates, um, when they get broken down, they turn into sugars. So um, it's definitely educating the patient that they do not have to avoid all carbohydrates um, in their diet. It's trying to work with them to develop a healthy diet um, with definitely you do need a good source of lean protein in the diet, but then also having some carbohydrates with each meal as well um, with type 2 diabetes. It's kind of just following an overall healthy diet with a good, um, usually it's about 50% of your calories coming from carbohydrates, um, about 30% from your protein and 20% from your fat. Um, So with type 2 diabetes, we're just kind of trying to get an overall well-balanced, healthy diet. Um, It would be very different for someone with type 1 um, diabetes in the sense that we're looking and counting carbs a little bit more um, than we would with someone with type 2 diabetes. Um, so it's not that you have to avoid that, which is something that people think of right away is I can never eat a carbohydrate or sugar again, um, but trying to help them understand how to follow a healthy diet for overall um, well-being, for weight loss, um, and that usually tends to lead towards improved glycemic control. And while not all carbohydrates are bad, I mean, obviously fruits and vegetables and 
the good healthy carbohydrates are great. What do you want them to really clearly stay away from? Um, more of the um, simple sugars, processed foods. Um, those are the ones that tend to break down quickly, can raise blood sugar um, quicker. So um, definitely having them look towards more um, whole grains, your fruits and vegetables, which all have carbohydrates in it, and avoiding all those processed high-calorie carbohydrates are more the ones that we do want them to avoid. And Dr. Steenkamp, what do you want patients to know about monitoring their blood sugar levels throughout the day? Is this something that you encourage? It really depends on the patient. Um, a part of it has got to do with um, being aware of what different dietary choices, different exercise choices, may how that may play a role in in your sugar. Uh, you know, typically, if you're not on medications that putting you at risk of lowering your blood sugar, there isn't really a strict need for you to monitor your blood sugar because a large part of doing that is wanting to make sure that you're not. Um, having a low blood sugar as a result of the medications. For example, if you're on insulin, then very clearly you need to be keeping an eye very closely on your blood sugar and monitoring things multiple times a day. But if you're you know, in the stage or your therapeutic plan was for you to be making lifestyle changes, there isn't a real strict indication for you to need to do that. There isn't great data that supports checking your blood sugar multiple times a day when you're, um, you're not on a medication that may lower your blood sugar. Um, but generally, a lot of patients, and I do tend to recommend that people keep an eye on it periodically in that scenario, just so that they can see that they're meeting their therapeutic goals. Are their blood sugars where they'd like them to be? Are we succeeding with the therapy that we're, that we're uh, implementing? Um, and so it's very individualized. It depends on what the patient's doing, what medications they're taking, um, and what we decide as a, as a team. So then wrap it up for us, Dr. Steenkamp, if you would, on how endocrinology and dietetics can work together to help someone truly manage their diabetes and live a much healthier lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just fundamentally the basis of any good diabetes care. I don't think that you can work successfully as an endocrinologist without the help of a dietitian. Um, it, it's, uh, it's so important, I mean, both type 2 and type 1 diabetes and in all metabolic health um, that we have um, really, really great opportunities to work with nutritionists. And um, my, my practice wouldn't be able to be successful without the help of people like Liz and the other nutritionists and dietitians that work with us. Um, so they go hand in hand. I don't think you can do one without the other. And Liz, the final goes to you. Tell us about your team at Boston Medical Center. We have a great team here um, for the diabetes program. We have several um, dietitians, we have several endocrinologists, nurse practitioners, and um, a pharmacist as well that all coordinate care for um, the patient depending on their needs. And we have also have um, nurse CDEs as well. So the patient will um, see their endocrinologist. They typically will also see a nurse practitioner, um, a nurse, a dietitian, as well as a pharmacist, just so that way we're hitting all, all aspects of the education that they need in order to be um, successful in managing their diabetes. Thank you both for being with us today. It's really great information. You're listening to Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. And for more information, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.